0: Juliet, Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello, and welcome to episode 181 of Dogcast Radio, in which we hear about puggability. The,
1: the, the current state of the nation's pugs is not particularly agile. There are an awful lot of very overweight pugs, and, and a lot of people think that they're basically lap dogs that have little zest for life or doing very much at all. And we wanted to prove that they actually can do so much more at uh, the people give, give them credit for.
0: You can find this and all our other shows at our website, www.dogcastradio.com, where you'll see photos of the people we talk to and many more resources too. Right now, we're going to talk to Pam Johnson. Pam's a clicker dog trainer and educator who runs her dog academy in San Diego, California. She has four beloved dogs of her own with whom she has a lot of fun as well as achieving great training feats. But for one of her dogs, Twix, disaster struck unexpectedly one day.
2: Well, um, we were out playing frisbee. We have our a new grass field. And um, I go out and I play frisbee pretty much every morning, every. Day. Yeah. Um. This morning, it was a Saturday morning, and I went out there, and we were playing frisbee, and he jumped up and he caught it beautifully. So it wasn't a bad catch, and he yelped when he landed. Mm. And Twix is not the. He's not very. He's he's vocal when he's excited, but he yeah. doesn't really whine about things. Mm. And for him to yelp like that, and knew something had happened. So. I checked his paws because of the way he landed. I thought, well, maybe he landed on something, or a sprinkler head, or you know, maybe he twisted an ankle, or I didn't know. So I was checking out his paws, and he didn't show any tenderness in his feet, his his legs, nothing. So I just kind of let it go, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, I guess it was just, I don't know, maybe it was just something, and now he's okay. So I. I I didn't pursue it anymore. We continued playing. I don't know if I had him catch any more Frisbees. I don't think I did. Mm. But he ran the entire day. So that was early in the morning. Um, We went down. We did the A-frame on the agility field. Um, He swam that day. He was running like a madman around our property Mm. and he didn't show any signs of injury until that evening when he was eating his dinner. He didn't want to, I feed him on like a step. Mm. So they're not, they're not eating directly on the floor, but their heads propped up a little bit. So he didn't even want to lean down to eat his food. And he, he looked really weak in his hind legs. And I thought, something's going on. I don't know what it is still. So I'm, I'm, he sits in front of me. And every night, like, he'll sit in front of me, and I'll massage his back. Yeah. And this night, he sat in front of me, and I went to massage his back. And he growled and air snapped at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, it's his back, it's his back, something's wrong with his back. And so um, right away, I went and told my husband. Yeah. I said, I need to take him. I need to take him to the emergency. Something's going on with him. And my husband's like, well, let's look at him. Let's check him out. And I would say not even 20 minutes later, he was losing pretty much all feeling in his hind legs. He was starting to drag his hind legs. Yeah. And um, so I immediately took him to the emergency room. They did all their proprioception tests, and he could barely stand when we got to the first emergency room. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we're going to need him to stay overnight um, and, and observe him and see what's going on. And the first emergency room I took him to, they didn't have access to an MRI. Mm. I don't even know if they knew what was going on with him at that first place. So the next morning, I called him. I said, how is Twix? The the vet said, well, he's significantly worse, and we're going to refer you to a neurologist, a a neurosurgeon, Mm. and we're going to need you to pick him up and take him up there. And so I did. And um, the whole time, I'm thinking in my mind because I'm I always try to um I try to be positive in yeah. every situation because it really doesn't do any good to I mean of course I was worried yeah, but it, yeah. you know at that point there's nothing I could do I could only think he's going to pull through this he's going to need whatever they say he's going to need and he's going to get it done and it's going to be fine everything's yeah. going to be fine and so they, he got an MRI and they found out he had a couple herniated discs, mm-hmm. um, and the discs, because he ran the entire day and swam, it caused a bunch of hemorrhaging in his spine, mm-hmm. and it caused a bunch of blood to pool in different areas on his spine. Mm-hmm. So they went in and they did emergency surgery on him. It took three and a half hours wow. of surgery. Yeah. and. That night, like i I was just by the phone waiting yes. and waiting, waiting, because yeah. there wasn 't anything I could do the The surgeon called me and said that Twix pulled through beautifully, that she expected him to make a full recovery, and um, that I could come and see him the next day, but he needed to stay in the emergency room for at oh. least up to f- five days
3: oh, and gosh,
2: so yeah. um, every night after work, I would go and I would. I would go in and I would sit in it. They had him like in a kennel area. He was all of course bandaged up and mm-hmm. his his surgical the, the where they did the surgery, he was a good eight to ten inches long. Wow. Because he had damage all the way from his thoracic eight vertebrae all the way down to his lumbar one vertebrae. Wow. And so it was that long of a incision. Yeah. And so I would go every night after work, and I would tell him how strong he was <laughs> and how how he's going to be. He's, he's so amazing. And, and I would um, tickle his feet because yeah. the more stimulation you can get to the nerves, the better. Yeah. And so I would go and I'd tickle his feet and make him curl his toes and I would massage his legs every night and I'd wait, I'd wait long enough there so that I could give him his evening medication so I could administer that myself and give him his dinner and everything. Um, So that was for five days that he was in the emergency room. Hmm. Um, Then he came home and they, they wanted to wait to send him home with me until he had all His bladder use back Mm. because I guess in the emergency room that he wasn't able to express his bladder himself, Mm. that they had to do that for him. Mm. And so when he came home, I don't, I can't even describe how hard it was Mm. to take care of him. Um, But of course, I had no choice. I yes. was not going to do anything but take care of my yeah, boy. Yeah, um, I think, like, every day we went through probably about 30 potty pads. Oh,
3: Christ!
2: <laughs> so I was constantly cleaning up his area. Like, he was like a puppy, you know, just yeah. taking care of him. And then I think it was, gosh, I don't even know exactly what day it was. But I was, I was massaging him and... and and doing some passive range of motion exercises with his legs. Mm. And he just stands up. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> now, what? now what do I do? I'm here holding him going, okay, I, I don't know. Do you want to move? Do you want to lay back down? So I just held him for a while, and pretty soon he just wanted to lay back down. Yeah. But it, it's been five months. I think we have two, we're two days shy of five months. Yeah. And um, now he's at the point where he is starting to try to gallop.
0: Oh, bless
2: him! He can him. trot. He can trot really well. He can do like so many, um, so many things. He his mind is even from the day that he was in the hospital. His mind was still. I could see that Twix was still there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that is what kept me going. Is because. He just has this desire to to live life, yeah. and there, and I, you know, he's my, I call him my little soulmate because, yeah. um, you know, you always have that special connection. Yes, like yes. People, you hear people saying they're heart dogs. Well, yeah. oh, he is my heart dog yeah. and I would I'm not going to stop until he's completely recovered yeah and I know that he will get there yeah I know it yeah
0: did, yeah. did the ve- I mean that's that's incredible and that must have been so so hard particularly sort of going in and seeing seeing him I mean it's tough enough when you know I mean Buddy's only had um, much lesser surgery than that although one one was significant he had in his uh, adrenal gland removed and that was quite um he was quite sorry for himself with that but you know after one night we had him home and I could I could see him and I could help him and you know he was able to walk around and 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 he had to take things steady but it wasn't sort of that extent but to go right you know and and see him in such need and obviously do as you said do everything that you could but then to come out and even though you know he's in the best place that must have been so so tough at that point did they expect him to recover or, or did they did they sort of not not know what was going to happen
2: Well, you know, the day, right, the night after his surgeon called me, right after the surgery, and I wrote it down on a little post-it next to my bed, Mm. and I still have it in my office right now, and she said that he'll have 100% chance of full recovery. Wow, excellent. And so, so right next to my bed, I wrote, we are strong, Twix will get through this, and run and play again. And that's always been my goal, like, I don't... It's okay with me if he doesn't do I, competition, yeah. sports, all that stuff. To me, having my dog yes. and having him alive and well and happy, to me, that's what matters. And um, just knowing that he's, he's even at the point right now where he is, he's alive, he's happy, yeah. you know, he yeah. plays, we play tug, and... Um, <laughs> sometimes he scares me because he's so strong and he's so squirrely. Like he just loves to jump around and <laughs> I go, I don't know if you should do that. Oh my gosh. Well, you're scaring your mom. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I have to, I have to kind of let him be him yeah, and explore his body and he'll do things as, as his body is ready for
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. It, it's, it's a great, I, I love the, about dogs that, they live in the moment. They don't worry about what mm-hmm. happened yesterday. They don't worry about, they, you know, they, they probably don't have a concept of what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, right. But they don't right. dwell on things. Now, I do. I'm, I'm a real um, worrier. And, and it's interesting to hear you say, you know, you, you, your way of dealing with things is to stay positive and sort of look on the bright side. I always sort of think, right, OK, what's the worst case scenario? Can, right. I, do, you know, can I deal with that? And then I sort of, right. anything from that, if I can deal with that, anything from that is a bonus you know i kind right, of right you know, um, i don't like to i don't like life to kick me in the teeth unexpectedly i like to expect it <laughs> and be pleasantly right. surprised
2: <laughs> totally well my husband um my husband is always the one that's not as positive mm. or he's always i say the devil's advocate like well what <laughs> if this and what if that mm. and i'm and i and i'll always come back well there is not going to be that because he's going to you know We don't need a wheelchair for him because he's going to run again, and he's going to walk on his own. Because in the beginning, when I have to carry him with a sling underneath his hind end, and he's not walking, I mean, that's all you could probably think of, you know, is he's going to be wheelchair-bound, or he's going to... And if that happened, then I would have dealt with that. Yes, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. But my, in my mind, I was pushing and pushing for not going that route, and he was going to walk and run again. Yeah. And so far, he's doing amazing. He's Aww. laying right next to me. He's such a <laughs> sweetheart.
0: Bless Aww. him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a border Collie, isn't he? So he's going to yes. want an active life.
2: Yes. And, um, and I think that's why even after his accident... He kept running that day
0: because yes, he just yeah. wanted to keep
2: working. He wanted to keep playing. He didn't want his pain to slow him down no. and I think that's what's scary about border collies or working yeah. dogs. Yeah. Is that yeah. they love their work so much mm. that it's not work, it's play and they just don't want to stop for anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, oh, now I really I have to be more aware of making them take that break and saying, no, I think you've had enough, even though they probably could go another hour or so, yeah. you know, we have to, we have to make that judgment call for them because I don't think they're going to make it on their own most of the
0: time. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they yeah. are driven aren't they I mean and and it's, it's, it's a balance I think because you you can't wrap them in cotton wool and, and say no you you're never going to chase a ball and you're never going to jump and catch a frisbee and you're you know all those things that they right. love doing right. but equally you know and, and sort of a balance between that and okay like as you just said no I'm going to judge it for myself and I'm going to say okay now we stop now we we enforce a, a rest right. at this point because I mean um, the thing is with a border collie, if whatever their fix is, whether it's a ball or a frisbee or you know agility or whatever it is or he'll work to music, when that thing is offered, when that is going on, it's almost like they can't see anything else, and it's it's mm-hmm. that's what they're focused on. You know, then that is when you. you I mean, obviously, this was just a, a freak um, accident that could have happened to any dog at any time. They all jump up for frisbees. They all you know jump like that. But it's that when you can sort of get that over focus from them where you know i, I know right. um, with rusty if the ball bounced down the you know we have to be careful because if the ball bounced down a presser piece, he would have just gone i'll just you know jump down here leap down here and get the <laughs> ball you know and right you you have to be aware of that but, but at the same time at the same time let them be a dog right
2: and i've gotten a lot of comments on some of my youtube videos how i need to put post videos on why dogs should never catch frisbees or never fetch balls and i think well that's not realistic no I, no they it's not just me that likes to play with them they love yes they love that activity oh, yeah. Yeah. and um i think we just need to figure out lessen the risk by making sure they don't they're not playing to the extent they're so tired that they're going to get injured yeah. because they're they're just too tired to jump or they're too tired to do the trick or you know maybe um, I teach my dogs how if I throw a bad throw I can recall you away or I can say leave it yes. and they will leave that ball, that ball or frisbee and come back to me yeah because if I can lessen the risk then they're still able to do what they love to do yeah um yeah. The surgeon said, I I asked her, I said, well, was this a repetitive thing because he jumped so often after catching Frisbees? And she said, no. She said, honestly, she's not seen very many dogs probably in her whole career that have an injury like this from catching Mm -hmm. a Frisbee. Mm -hmm. She says, usually Frisbees are knee injuries, um, ligament tears, you know, like anterior cruciate ligament tears injuries knee you know ankles she said even neck injuries from um, vaulting and maybe falling you know on their head or something but she said that she's never seen an injury like this she said it was just a freak accident yeah yeah and he just hyperflexed his back too much when he caught the first beam yeah
0: yeah but I mean again it's you have to let them be a dog I mean I I, and and it can happen at any time you can't always foresee what's gonna happen yeah she said it could happen you know she's had dogs that get um disc
2: injuries from jumping up and off the bed like the owner's bed so you know what are you gonna say no Mm -hmm. you can't jump on my bed or I guess you I mean you can you can tell them (laughs) no you're just going to be in a dog bed yeah. you're not going to run mm. you're not going to chase a ball you're just mm. going to swim the rest of your life <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah but I mean mm. I, I, I was just thinking while you, was, while you were saying because when um, when we had um, Star who's bless her isn't with us any longer but Jenny's little Bichon and she ah. we, we were walking in woodland near near the house and, um, and they'd discovered some mud and they, Buddy and Star, were both delighted. And Star got so excited, and she was, she was in the mud and out of the mud, and in the mud and out of the mud, and running up, and running back to us, and run. and she was, I mean, she was having a ball. She was having a wonderful time, and I actually have video of it. And uh-huh. and she was, she was just, you know, delighted with life. And then in the middle of that running, and like you know, as you say. They've got to be a dog. You've got to let them run. You wouldn't dream of saying, "Calm down, calm down. Don't enjoy this. Don't get excited." Right. But in the middle, right. of, yeah, in the middle of running like that, she she ruptured her cruciate ligament, and oh God. we we yeah. didn't realise what she'd done. We just thought, "Oh my goodness, she's she's obviously hurt her leg," and so she didn't yell for anything. She just started picking it up and not using it, and we sort of thought, "Oh gosh," and you checked for you know a thorn and whatever. No, couldn't see any damage. And um, and again, you see, she would she would sometimes you know t- be telling you there was there was a problem and you'd think oh my goodness okay vets tomorrow by the next day she'd be right as rain and you think oh you little monkey <laughs> you know so we right? we thought okay by tomorrow she'll be fine and then by tomorrow no she wasn't fine and we had to go to the uh, to the vet and sort of and it turned out to be a creature um ligament rupture but we couldn't have known that, and I certainly wouldn't. I mean, obviously, I would. <laughs> if I'd known she was going to do that, I would have tried to make her calm down. But you can't spend your whole life saying, "Don't do that," "Don't do this," "Don't Mm-mm. don't enjoy life." They've got to be a right. dog, haven't they?
2: Right, and well, you know, probably for the first probably four months after Twix's surgery, I didn't play frisbee with my other dogs oh, either, oh. and I just i I was just afraid. Yes, and yeah. um, and then I figured, you know, I can't be afraid. They like to do it. Yeah. And um my husband will go out there and play with them, play Frisbee and just they're so happy and yeah. excited and they just love it so much and I thought how can I how can I not I don't know, how can I not play yeah. with them? I, I do think I'll play more Tug. Twix is not gonna be probably catching Frisbee's mm. um <laughs> anymore. Yeah. But um yeah. You know, I'm hoping that he'll be able to play ball mm. and he'll he loves to play tug with me and he loves doing tricks yeah. and there's so many tricks he can do right now and there's i mean sky's the limit after he's well
0: yes so yeah absolutely yeah yeah and yeah. As, as you say it's been a, it's been a long process hasn't it and, and you sort of really? you, you were very positive and you you approached you know you were going to support him through you were going to find a way and you launched an appeal for help didn't you
2: um, my friend, actually, mm. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to ask for any money or any help. Mm. Um, but my friend did a, a GoFundMe page. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that that really it helped out more than what I had thought that it would. Mm. Um I I have insurance on Twix, so that really did, that saved us. Yeah. So we have our own swimming pool here, but because the weather's been cold. Um, I want him to go to more therapeutic type of a swimming pool where it's really warm,
3: Yeah.
2: and I take him to rehab twice a week, and then he does underwater treadmill Mm. and exercises, so we'll do Cavaletti type exercises, Mm. and then we do balance work. Um, she gives me exercises, and I come home. I've got a whole spreadsheet of all the things that he does, and I keep track of what days he does which exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we walk. When he first got injured, we did two walks a day at five minutes each walk, even with me carrying his, his sling yeah, and just yeah. barely letting him touch the ground with his hind legs. Mm-hmm. And now he's up to 40 minutes wow. twice a day on a walk. Mm. And we just started trotting up hills. Mm. Wow. (laughs) So we're doing some hill work, and um, he's doing sidestepping uphill. Um, Mm. He's just really progressing, so I I couldn't be more pleased. But, yeah, it's been a long road. Yes. Five months of that so far, and Mm. I I, I plan on giving him a full year of that schedule yeah yeah and then we'll reassess after mm-hmm. that yeah. of how much he really needs yeah yeah and how how old but, is he Pam he's six years old he'll yeah. be seven in May
0: yeah yeah so I mean he's you know, hopefully he's got a lot more years to enjoy hasn't he yes he does
2: yeah yes yeah. he does
0: <laughs> Yeah. And, and tell us about your we can't leave the other dogs out tell us about your other dogs because he's got um, a brother and a sister hasn't he
2: He's got um I've got three border collies. I've got my oldest border collie, it's 9. Yeah. His name is Bandit. And then I've got um Twix is my middle border collie and he's 6 and then I have my new girl and she's a year and a half. Yeah. And her name is Winnie. Mm. I have an my husky shepherd. I have a husky shepherd. She's 12. Oh, she's right, yeah. been retired. She's been retired for a while and all she gets all she wants to do is search for critters and <laughs> Trot around the property and eat treats and <laughs> yeah yeah it
0: sounds like a good life laugh.
2: <laughs> yes and that's perfectly fine with me
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. I mean it's it's what they want to do isn't it that you know it's it's usually fairly clear when you do an activity that they like it or they don't um, right you know and and then you can um, let them do what they want to you know I mean for example when we well, we, we we went and tried agility with Buddy and um, he he wasn't very keen on. Sort of following a path. If I was trying to get him to do, you know, a jump and then a, the tire and then you know whatever, he'd kind of do it, but fairly lackluster. And then as <laughs> soon as you know, as soon as you went, "Yay, good dog, you're done," he would run off and choose another piece of, uh, of equipment and just do it with with such joy that you thought you re- you don't like this particular system, do you? He wanted to explore. He wanted it was like a playground, right. but he wanted to do it on his terms, you know. So right. we didn't keep on with that. <laughs>
2: That's so funny.
0: Yeah, That yeah. My
2: Husky Shepherd, I started Agility with her, mm. and um, she earned a few titles, but it was cheerleading and um, encouraging her the whole way. Yeah, uh, yeah, That's what kind of, that's why I went towards the Border Collies, is I really wanted to compete. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I just, I started, I started thinking, you know, it's more of a I didn't like sitting around at trials all day. Yeah. To do one run or two runs, to me, I would rather just be home, playing with my dogs, training them to do that. Yes. Not just sitting around all day. Yeah. It for me it was it wasn't as it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Doing the training part was if was totally fun. Like I loved um, training and taking private lessons and and you know just working on my own at my own place yeah doing agility but something about just sitting around waiting mm. Mm. driving for hours to get to a trial wasn't my thing no
0: no I mean it's, it's <laughs> if, if that is your thing that that's great but I mean my my experience and I did I did throw buddy and, and me in at the deep end to be honest when, when we tried um, competitions and, and things but I always felt that sort of training gives you lots of chances to succeed and yes. competition gives you one chance to fail quite a bit you know and obviously <laughs> right. if your experience is succeeding at competition that that's a different but that that was we, we did it and we had to go and we had some mild success um but you know I, I do prefer I think you know I like you I prefer the the uh, the training and the spending time and the the feeling like a, yeah. a team and um you know he he never earned any titles. I called him a few names, but he didn't earn any titles. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, but uh, we Aww. had fun, and you say his forte is, is meeting people. But the, what I enjoyed with him, and, and what I think he enjoyed, was um, he will work to music. So we did we did oh, some, yeah. some moves and weaves, you know, and things like this. And then, but what was really fun was when we when we'd done our because we did a year trying to qualify for crafts. And when that year was over, we'd, we'd still got all this knowledge that and this we'd, this partnership that we'd built up. And so when we were out uh-huh. on a walk, particularly in a field near us, and there was nobody else around, and so we'd just do a few weaves and a few circles and twirls and spins, just for the hell of it, you know. <laughs> and it yeah, yeah. Yeah. And anybody if anybody saw us, they must have thought, "Look at that mad woman with her dog dancing in the field." But <laughs> that was that was fun for us, you know. It didn't matter. <laughs> so right. Yeah. I think that's.
2: The other day, mm. maybe two days ago, I've been working with Twix on doing different movement patterns, mm. basically heel work, and he's always loved music. Oh, yeah. The dog loves music, oh. and it's probably from our, our routines that we have built in the past. Our, his favorite one was Star Wars routine, yeah. but I said, why have I not turned on music? Why am I just out here like a robot? doing these exercises for him, why don't I turn on music and we have fun doing it? And so I turned on, um, I, I put on my my cell phone and I turned on my playlist and I just stuck it in my tree pouch and we must have done like 40 minutes of just various heel work, Aww, yeah. position, position changes, um, tricks that he could do and he had the best time. Yeah, and I was thinking... Yeah. We're definitely going to continue doing heel work or, you know, yeah. freestyle Yeah. once yeah. he's well. And I may even start working
0: on a routine
2: before he's completely yeah. well yeah. because there's so much that he can do.
3: Yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely. Why and not? it's about playing to your dog's strengths. So I think heel work to music. You know, they don't all have to be, you know, up on their back legs and walking and, you know, on their no. back. it's not. It's about what does your dog enjoy doing? Yes. and put that into a routine, and you know, have some fun with it. And and like you say, it's about enjoying it. It's not about you know, if you win competitions, that's great. But the the motivation surely has got to be having fun with the dog, and and the dog's having right. fun, hasn't it?
2: Yes, the, I think that's the the that's what's going to make it look good too. Yes, if the dog is having fun and you're having fun. Yeah, if you're out there the whole time you know, like I was with my Husky Shepherd cheerleading the whole time. Yes, I'm yeah. not sure she was having fun. Mm. She was doing it because she was just a good good dog. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, I like that when, when you see that sparkle in their eyes. Yes. Like they want to just work because they are just having a blast. Yes. And I think that relationship and that, I don't know, there's just something about it. Or it to me, it means more than going out there and winning a ribbon yeah. or yeah. winning a title, yeah. knowing that your dog wants to work with you and wants to do that. Yeah. You know, that to me is so, so rewarding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's priceless to feel that you and the dog are a team. I, I think there's just right. There's, there's no other feeling like it. it's that you communicate well, and you're in, in unison. It's, it's just brilliant
2: and just little things like just me sitting here talking to you and him just laying at my feet. Yeah. And yeah. just, you know, he wants to be he wants to be close to me. Yeah. I think this whole injury has brought us even closer and it's crazy to say cuz we already had like a really great relationship but I think it's even brought us closer. It's almost we're connected on a different level, yeah. I think. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I bet one thing I did Mm. want to say, too, that throughout this whole process, there's been, I've been writing, um, I've been journaling. Mm. So I have probably, gosh, I don't know, probably 100 pages of journal Mm. entries. Mm. And I will, I plan on writing a book with all of his video and all of, you know, everything that we've gone through. But as I, I'll look back at some of the things and I'll go, Wow, I remember that. I remember when you, like, I was talking to you. Oh, he stood up for the yes. first time, or yeah. he he took a play bow for the first time since his surgery. Mm. And then just yesterday, you know, when dogs standing and they scratch yes. as they're standing, yeah, he hasn't done that since his surgery. Mm. And last night was the first time that he did that. Yeah. and Excellent. I used to have a trick, a cue to it called. Do you have fleas? And then he would <laughs> scratch like that. Yeah. And so I thought, well, now that he's doing it on his own, I'm going to cue it and yeah. see if he'll do it. And sure enough, he totally oh, remembered it and he did him. it. And yeah. I was like, it's just amazing these little tiny miles. To me, they're yes. milestones. Oh, yes. They're yes. just little things that every day I know he's getting better Yes. just by him. Like the first time he stood up and shook off, yeah. And I was like, "Oh my God!" He stood up and he moved <laughs> yes. and he shook off all by himself. Yeah. And then now to being able to um, hold his balance and scratch
0: himself yeah. as he's standing—it's just—it's
2: yeah. amazing.
0: Because yeah. that's quite a difficult, um, you know, behavior. Because you, you, you've you got know, the balance yeah. of the, you know, the one leg at the back and the the flexibility of lifting the leg and the flexibility. Uh-huh. Of that. There's a lot in that. So the fact that he can do that is, uh-huh. is tremendous, isn't it?
2: it is yeah I know I mean I look at it that way every time he does something and I go wow my gosh yes (laughs) but someone else might go okay whatever Pam that's (laughs) just you're just getting way (laughs) too excited over that
0: no no I think the thing is when yes if your dog's you know had had not had any injuries you know and and he's in, in the prime of life yeah that's great you know perhaps when your dog's a bit older you know, like now, if Buddy does that, I think, oh, God, he's having a good day. That's great. You know, he, he's, you know, he's fourteen. Right. He can, he can still do that. That's great. And again, if your dog's had a, an injury, it's those milestones when you go, oh, he hasn't been able to do that. And yes, to, an, to, a, you know, right. most owners they take that for granted. But when it is significant, celebrate the small victories. Absolutely.
2: Hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. Yeah, and I, I notice like there's a lot of things that. I really feel, as far as dog training, that if I hadn't taught him all the things that he knew prior to this accident, mm. I don't think he would have recovered as fast as he has. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, and I've been talking with his physical therapist, and she said that so many dogs come in to see her that they don't, they don't know how to sit or how to stand or how to lie down mm. on a cue. Yeah. So it's harder for her to get them recovered because mm-hmm. she doesn't can't get them to use the proper muscles or move in the way that the dogs need to move in order to build the strength back. Mm-hmm. And so, it, to me, it's really interesting how all of the things that I've taught him prior to his accident really paid off yeah. Um, yeah. in his recovery. Yeah. It's just amazing yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah good that's... boy,
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's um th- th- it's funny that, that i was interviewing somebody last week and we were saying about sort of that she was saying um that you know helping the dog keep a healthy weight is is a huge mm. step mm-hmm. um and then it amazes me the people that sort of when i say to my dogs sit and they sit and they go oh gosh he's well trained and you think well, I mean, he's not, and that was just to sit, actually. But you know, as you say, sit down and stand—you know, sit, lie, and stand—are fairly, uh-huh. fairly basic things. And but they can right. pay off hugely for the dog, can't they?
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. She said that most of the dogs that she sees can't even do those three behaviors. Yeah. Okay. She said the good thing that um, that helps her is that most of them are food motivated. Yes. And she can at least lure them around. Yes. Into different positions. Yeah. but um, Twix has been able to do like sidestepping and pivoting and all sorts of things where the average dog that she sees can't. Yeah. Um, we're working on one trick because we want, I want him to be able to start pushing with his hind legs hmm. to be able to jump and possibly, you know, push off in a run or something with his hind legs. Yeah. So his therapist created, well, Twix, I, he knows a trick, which I call his bounce. Yeah. And basically all it is is where he just lifts his front legs off the ground in a bounce. Yeah. His hind legs remain on the ground, but his front legs bounce up. And so I used a hand target to have him bounce out towards my hand. Yeah. Instead of bouncing up. And now we've got him to where he's bouncing over mm-hmm. a really short jump. And that pushes has him push with his hind legs. Yeah. So little things like that, there's no way an average yeah. you know, dog yeah. that gets hurt that doesn't know any behaviors could be able to improve yeah. that drastically anyway. No. But no. I just mm-hmm. feel super blessed that yeah. um he's able to learn very quickly and pick up new cues really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. and training i mean training is such a such a important factor for every owner not just if their dog is mm-hmm. going to possibly have an injury later on down the road
3: yeah no
0: absolutely so important absolutely and keep keep the you know we all everybody knows oh you should walk the dog every day but you should get their brain working as well it's oh know,
2: yes yeah. yes definitely mental stimulation for sure yeah. that's helped that's really helped with his recovery, yeah. too, because when he couldn't walk and he couldn't get out of his crate, a dog that's meant to work, like Twix, yeah. um, he needed that mental stimulation. Yeah, We would play all sorts of little little games, um, you know, find which hand do I have the treat in, yeah. something yeah. silly like that, yeah. to little behaviors like put your head in my ch- your chin in my hand yeah um lick your lip on cue uh, just you know so many things here's yeah. a ball give me eye contact don't look at the ball and moving the ball around and he's like <laughs> watching me instead of watching the ball just, yeah.
0: yeah you
2: don't even realize how much that mental stimulation really helps yes him.
0: yeah because otherwise the frustration of staying still it must have been immense, mm-hmm. but you know, get that brain working, and it's, it's as much of a work, mm-hmm. workout as sort of you know, a hike. So, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for um, sure. Where can people find out more about um, you and Twix online?
2: Um, well, I made Twix his own Facebook page, mm-hmm. and it's called Twix Will Run Again. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have all of his rehab videos on my YouTube channel yep. Pam's Dog Academy YouTube channel. I have a playlist on there with just all of his rehab videos. And I figure if, you know, they're really good for strength training and building balance and coordination for the for any dog, but they will also help a dog if they have an injury as well. But I've been doing all these exercises with my others as well because I just want to make sure that they're strong and if they ever do get injured, now they have background knowledge of how to do these exercises. Yes. Yeah. Oh.
0: So. Yeah. I, it, you've done so well because I can remember sort of reading about um, his injury and thinking, "Oh my goodness, you know this is awful." And, and then reading about the, sort of the, the, the steps he's made along the way and that he's, you know, he's really coming back. You know, I'm so pleased for you um, and for him. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been. Thank you, you know. You. Um, it's been a really happy process to know that he has um, recovered so well so I mean congratulations to you for persevering and, and keeping going with it and and the best of luck for the future. Thank you so much Julie I appreciate it. Clearly Pam not only had the expertise but the love and patience and determination her dog needed to support him through an incredibly difficult time. You can keep up with Twixie's progress via Pam's website and YouTube channel, both of which we have links to on the Dogcast Radio site. And if you can't actually attend her classes, you can still benefit from the many informative and educational videos posted on her YouTube channel. I'm so glad that Twix is doing well with his recovery so far and I wish him a long and happy life. And with Pam beside him, I think that's likely to be the case you're listening to Dogcast radio on www.dogcastradio.com do you ever read a book and think no it shouldn't happen like that well check out the latest innovation in romantic fiction macy's choice which puts you in charge of the plot as you make life-changing decisions on the main character's behalf at the end of each chapter in Macy's Choice, there are always two options and you choose what happens next. With over a million and a half words, that's over 5,000 pages, 256 chapters and 128 different endings, Macy's Choice is an ebook you can reread again and again, making new choices each time to vary your experience to find love with each of the three heroes. To find out more, visit macy'schoice.com that's m a c i e s c h o i c e dot com, or search for Macy's Choice on Amazon. Think of a pug, and what do you picture? That sweet flat face, maybe a rounded belly, and a dog relaxing on a sofa. Well, a group called Pugability wants you to think again, because they're proving that pugs are not catch potatoes, and in fact. Can whiz around an agility field, go for long walks, and do pretty much anything that any dog breed can do. We have photos of some of the pugability pugs on the Dogcast Radio site, and they look amazingly athletic. To find out more, I talked to Susanna Chalmers. So, what is pugability?
1: Basically, it was, um, it, was it was something that we formed through Muffin Pug Rescue, um, which is a breed-specific rescue that I volunteer for. Hmm. Um, and we decided that the, the, the current sort of um, state of the nation's pugs is not particularly agile. Mm. There are an awful lot of very overweight pugs and, and a lot of people think that they're basically lap dogs that have little zest for life or doing very much at all. And we wanted to prove that they actually can do so much more that the people give, give them credit for. So we launched our first event back in October of last year, up in Cheshire, where we had over 100 pugs turn up on the day to have a go, really, at at basic activities. Um, We had a little agility course that we constructed, a treasure hunt, uh, various races, um, scent tests, intelligent tests, basic obedience. Um, And at the end of the day, it was quite incredible that there were quite a few little stars hiding away that have been sort of sitting on a sofa for most uh, of their life and not doing very much yeah, yeah. and our ethos is to is to try and get the nation's post fitter healthier and more active hence the, the birth of pugability yeah
0: yeah that is a brilliant aim because as you say i think we you know we underestimate our dogs whatever the breed i think there's a tendency to think oh my dog's stupid for want of a better word or, or lazy and and sometimes i think it's we haven't seen the potential in them and we haven't allowed that to come through.
1: Yes, yeah, you know, that's totally yeah. true. Also, obviously with the, with the rescue, we have an awful lot of pugs that come into rescue uh, suffering with obesity, mm. lack of exercise. Um, the general opinion is that if you, if you want a dog that needs very little exercise and maybe you know, you, your, your living environment is not conducive to walking two or three hours a day, then a pug's for you. Um, in reality that's not really true because at the end of the day are probably the dogs dogs have needs um, their life expectancy and the health issues that lots of pugs suffer with breathing can be improved dramatically with diet and exercise, we've proved that and mm-hmm. um, a lot of the dogs that, we, that we come in into rescue do have a lot of breathing issues um, and you know putting them back on the food intake, the treat intake and the exercise level does improve that ability is a way of doing that for you to be able to have fun as well as hopefully doing some good. Yeah, yeah. So we started that. I I took on a Muslim Pug Rescue Pug um, at the beginning of last year who was grossly overweight, a young dog, and started Agility with her.
3: Um,
1: She now competes under kennel club rules at Agility. She lost almost three kilos in weight wow. and competes with border collies, with labradors, well, under kennel plug rules. So yeah. it, it, it was a dream that I realized, um, a personal dream that, that I got that, that I realized, but also you know, the chance for pug ability for people to be to come along and have a go without feeling intimidated or worried or yeah. embarrassed, you know, that, that that they're not going to do particularly well. It's for everybody, from young to old, um, for all sorts of pugs on, on all sorts of different levels. And we found that a few that have attended our events have gone on and joined the agility clubs, um, are you know taking part in various other events throughout the country. Um I think the um the um the battery dog so muddy paws challenge is, is in May. Mm. We've got three of our pugs that are competing in that over five kilometres. Now, in the past historically, a lot of pugs wouldn't have been able to have done that. And it's it's our dream, yeah, to, to produce a fitter, healthier, longer living pug really. Yeah. Um a fun member of the family instead of possibly a couch potato. Yes,
0: yes. Oh, yeah. And I, th- I think there's some humans that we could, we could do that for, and myself included. Well, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> to be honest, it's helped me uh, uh, you know, enormously as well with my fitness. Um, sort of the demands of keeping an agility dog fit are, 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 are quite strict, to be honest. Yeah. my um, folks in particular do at least two hours exercise a day, sometimes more. Wow, um, that's brilliant. And could go further. You know, they're, 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 they're very fit very happy and very healthy. And that's because we've we've enabled them to sort of develop the skills that they've got and at the end of the day they are dogs as I say yes. and all dogs love to please their owners, they love to have fun and they love to run and jump and we're finding that you know.
0: Yeah, yeah if given the chance as you say and not sort of shepherded onto the sofa. Um, yeah So if we if we can persuade sort of pug owners out there to give their dogs a chance um, to do you know be more active, mm. how do do pugs take to more a more active lifestyle because you know it's it, it, you're right, the perception is of them as a lap dog, as a, as a, yeah. a quite laid-back, sort of um, yeah. lazy, if you like, dog. Um, yeah. So yeah. How, how did they actually take to it?
1: I think with everything, with every, with, with every form of training, you, you need to try and, and start off on a very small basis. And make it fun. Um, obviously, pugs are very, very food-orientated, so treat-rewarded reward, training does help and it does work. Yes, I'm not, uh, I'm not sort of arguing that there are the, the odd few that are reluctant to do anything. But if you make short spells of training fun, yeah. um, and even, as I say, with our treasure hunt, that was a, a, quite a slow amble over a set treasure hunt course. And lots of people took a long time to do it. But at the end of the day, they were out with their pups having a form of exercise and having fun. Yeah. We had several dogs, actually, that, that came on the day with disabilities. Mother Pug herself, who's our figurehead, has three legs.
3: Mm. It
1: doesn't prevent her at all from from um, competing in our sponsored walks that we hold up and down the country all through the year. Um, it doesn't stop her from performing any activity than, than an able-bodied pug can. Yeah. So I think you, if you start small um, and build up the exercise, obviously we're not saying that within the first week you should be trying to qualify for agility at Crufts or something like that yeah,
3: yeah but
1: what we are saying is routine um as with any dog if a dog's in a routine if it knows that in 10 minutes in the morning before breakfast it's going to be sort of, you know trotted around the block quickly then have breakfast that's the way to go on and just increase on that mm. on a daily basis yeah watch what you're feeding watch the treat ratio P- people tend to baby pugs uh, they are an amazing breed, and, the, and but they're a very clever breed. Um, and they're also very quick to take advantage if they see an advantage. <laughs>
3: yes, you good know? for them.
1: Good for um, them. <laughs> very, very quick. So yeah. it, it, it's just really a, a, a retraining and retuning how they think. And as I say, we have an awful lot coming to rescue that have only ever been a lap dog. Obviously, the older pugs are not as able. Mm. But with the young, fit, healthy pugs, they're able to do an awful lot more than you would give them credit for. Um, And it's to try and and introduce that aspect into the breed instead of, you know, the the theory in the past that they are sort of just lazy and and driven to to do anything for food. So that's our ethos, really, and and that's what we hope to achieve.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's excellent. I I don't anything that gets any breeder dog more active brilliant and, and and building that bond with the owner brilliant um now you've mentioned there they like food and that's i'd find you know I, I have a labrador and that's always a good um you know mm. food food is mm. a good good motivator what else do they like how how you know how easy is it to train a pug because again you know my my perception would be if i want to do mm. some training if i you know I, I like doing trick training with my dog but you know if, if i wanted to to get another dog to do trick training with my, my go-to breed might not be a pug. So, you know, what is training like with them?
1: They, they are extremely clever. As I said, they pick up things very, very quickly. If they think that anything you, you teach them is a benefit to them, they will repeat and they'll continue with that. My own dog in particular, I started with Agility basically to um, socialise with other dogs, what was my thought, and have a bit of fun. She's learned very quickly that pleasing me pleases her yeah so she enjoys what she's doing now she's incredibly fast um, these days now faster than me in fact (laughs) Um, and it's just repetition it's repetition it's it's um, reinstating time and time again positive training methods yes yes at the beginning it's treat rewarded pugs often love their toys as well so you could you know if that's a possibility change from the treat re- rewarded training to toy re- rewarded training yeah. which does help yeah even something so simple in your garden as maybe your partner or, or somebody standing sort of at one end and you standing at the other end which I do a lot with with my dogs. it's called interval training which is just getting them running backwards and forwards just a couple of times to start with to each other yeah. treat reward repeat um, I do that probably every other day with mine now on huge distances I take them now to the race course to do it in, in, in fact wow. uh, because they need to be fit but my dogs have no breathing issues yeah. they don't snore um, they don't reverse sneeze they have um, absolutely no issues in hot weather whatsoever because they're quite fit now and their food ratio is, is dramatically reduced from what it would have been yeah, yeah. And you can, instead of sort of rewarding with fatty treats and what have you, what we do is you, you will use raw carrots and, and, and things like that mm. to give them instead, yeah. or broccoli or something that's, that's non fattening. Yeah. A lot of these products on the market are, p- are potentially quite dangerous for pugs anyway. The raw high chews and what have you, mm. with them having such um, small, often compromised airways, can become stuck. Yeah. The dental sticks um, that lots of people use are very, very fatty, so we find that those are really, really bad. So, you know, we, we, we try um, and introduce a healthier diet um, and change their way of thinking a little bit, really. They're not people or children. Mm. You know, they shouldn't be fed fruits and chocolates. <laughs> yes. At the end of the day, they a are, they are pug is a dog, just the same as any other dog. Yeah. And although their characters often make them very humanised, I think that's a a lot of the problem as well, that people do tend to humanise them and think that, you know, they're a member of the family that that is different to any other dog, which they're not. They have the same needs uh, and they have the same capabilities and PugAbility was really there to try and pull out the capabilities and and, um, talent that some of these pugs have. During our event, we hold an event called My Pug's Got Talent. Yeah. Which is a little obviously, obviously, like Britain's, you know, yes. obviously Britain's got talent, yeah. Um, which anyone can enter. Our dog that won it last year, in fact, was another tripod, another three-legged pug, mm. who could sit up on his back legs and, and beg and then turn around in a circle. Oh, bless. <laughs> we were absolutely amazed. People yeah. trained him to do this. Yeah. So they have lots and lots of potential. It's just realising the potential that they've got and bringing that out. Yeah. You know, it's it cross in a couple of weeks' time. I will be there on pug day. be very interested to see, the, you, you know, the, the, the type of pugs that are in the show ring. Often, they carry far too much weight. If you look at old sort of pictures historically in the past of pugs back in history, mm. they were never an obese dog. Yeah. They were quite long-legged and they were quite lean. I think with, with you know breeding and what have you, but that's been dramatically reduced, and has caused the many health problems that they've got. Mm. You know, mm.
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was one of the questions that I was going to ask. Sort of, what special considerations are there when you're doing more activity with a pug? And you, you've you kind of addressed that. But are you seeing this in general with pugs that if if we can get that weight off them and mm. get build that activity slowly in, do their health issues, if they had any, improve?
1: Oh, dramatically. Yeah. Absolutely, dramatically, without that. You will get the the odd case, obviously, with them being a brachy breed. Yes. um, They are susceptible to lots of breathing issues. They are susceptible to not only heat in the summer, but also cold as well. Mm. They They don't cope climatically if you like with, with weather conditions and all those things need to be taken into consideration before taking on a book yes they won't put up with sort of being kept outside or or you know left in a hot car um but only the same really as any other brachy breed, possibly a boxer or, or something like that yeah um but the weight issue is, is is the major thing a lot of them suffer from joint issues from hip dysplasia from vertebrae. Um, you know, on top of breathing issues as well. Yeah, um, but yeah. if and if you can do anything to improve that, weight-wise, is one of the key elements. Yes, I would say, yeah, absolutely, but definitely, yeah. without doubt. We, I mean, we say a fat pug is a dying pug. Yes, and that's very yeah. true. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's an important message for any breed. I mean, particularly those who I have a Labrador, and they, you know, I mm. see so many of them. My Labrador's fourteen, and he gets around. He has his mad half an hour. He's, you know, mm. he, we're very lucky with him. But I see some Labradors out and about, and you, and you think, you know, and they're like a barrel, and they're having, they're clearly having yeah. mobility issues. And you go, oh my goodness, how old are they? And they and the owner says mm. six, and you go, oh my goodness, you, this is not. This doesn't need to happen. So for, for all no. us dog owners, we need to keep our dogs' weight in a healthy range. Definitely. It's yes. such a, an important message. Yeah. I mean, it sounds great. It sounds wonderful what you're trying to do for the breed.
1: We've got our next event. Our next event coming up is going to be, I think it's the 2nd of April in Halifax. Yeah. Which will be another our second PugAbility event where we hope lots and lots of people will come. And as I say, have a go at all the different activities that we've got on offer. One of our fun events, is in fact called Hide the Sausage, mm. where we have lots of sort of treats and what have you, but all healthy ones that are some of our members have made, under plant pots and what have you, and it's, it's a race for, you know, for the pug to, to find the first sausage, if you like.
3: Yeah.
1: Now, not particularly active, but still an activity. Yes. They're still yeah. moving around, they're still exercising, and they're still doing things. Um, we have another one called Temptation Alley, where there's treats and toys sort of lining an alley and they have to ignore everything and go to the owner at the end of the alley. That's obviously quite interesting. (laughs) 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 Quite a few that deviate from the route. Yes, I Um, imagine. (laughs) But it just, people love it, you know, and enjoy it. And it's a a fun thing to do with your dog as opposed to the routine walking. I mean, I'm lucky I love walking. You know, I, I enjoy taking my dogs out. But for a lot of people that work full time, it, it is difficult and it can be a chore in the winter. But pugability wants to show that you can have fun. You can have fun in your back garden. Yes. You know, you can make some weave poles. You can make some jumps. I started off like that with my dog before I actually got my own agility equipment. Just at my local children 's playground, yeah, which yeah. i'm probably not supposed to do, but anyway,' <laughs> don't mind. and you you can have fun yourself, you know we put a paddling pool up in the, in the in the summer, we put some plastic balls in there, they spend a good half an hour trying to catch the ball and jumping in and out the pool, and lots of things you can do, but you've got to it's got to be something that that you want to do yes. you know yeah but if you if you want a healthier, longer living pug that's really enjoying life, they do need to be more active. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> well yeah, I think it's just a thing with, yes. with the breed of pug in general. People have the conception that they are quite lazy. Yes. And and they're only lazy really, I think because they've got into that habit of being lazy.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, as you were you were talking about them, another breed that sprang to mind was the Basset Um, i know they have completely different issues but we went to um you know a a basic you know is seen as sort of a a a big overweight yes um you know catch potato and we went to a day where they were um getting them using you know scent um training them and what they were bred to do you know Mm. was hunt and these dogs were much more along the lines of as you say the the dogs the the from you know, from history, when they were bred yeah. for a purpose, and they yeah. could, they were in a furrowed field, and they were getting up and down the furrows, and they were they were following the scents and they were doing what they were intended to do, yeah. and they were in great shape. And again, yeah. part of it is the perception of what do we think they can do? Oh, they, can, well, it they wasn't can't do. Well, not so that.
1: long ago that they used to hunt, I think, with basset hounds. Yes, At the end of the day, a basset is a hound. Yeah. Um, yes, that's what they do. Their nose and their scenting ability is second to none. Mm. You know. Mm. Uh, and it's just, it's just trying to change people's perception of yes. a certain breed. Another breed that springs to mind a lot is the English Bulldog. Yes, um, yeah. You know, they suffer dreadfully with breathing issues, with skin issues, mm. um, with allergies, with weight issues. Lots and lots and lots of them come into to rescue all the time. Mm. Uh, but I'm a believer that if you start your dog off correctly and if you give it the right amount of good food versus exercise, that will go a long way to ensuring that some of these health issues don't pop up. Yeah.
3: You
1: yeah. know, there'll always be the exception, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah. But probability, as I say, is there to try and at least show people that pugs are so much more capable of doing things than, than people would give them credit for.
0: Yeah, yeah. How do people react when they see pugs being active like this and being in, in good condition?
1: Well, my, my, the club that I attend... As I say, my dog and I compete under kennel club rules in competitions. The last competition that we went to, which was last month, I think there were 320 dogs there in total on the day, and there was one pug, (laughs) (laughs) which was mine. So obviously, yes, it it causes a huge stir. People say, now we're known a little bit on the circuit, it's not quite so bad, but at the beginning, you would got a lot of people saying, oh, we want, need to watch the pug. And I think, well, why do you need to watch the pug? <laughs> <laughs> she's as good as anybody else. In our club, she's practically top of the, uh, of her class. Mm-hmm. And in her class, there are two cocker spaniels, a Vizsla, a Hungarian Vizsla, mm-hmm. two collies, and a poodle. Yeah. And yeah. everybody says... Um, we tell our friends all the time that that we have a pug in, you know that competes in our club. So hopefully it's it's trying to change that. I mean, my dream would be in a couple of years' time for half the dogs at my club to be pugs, you yeah. know. And Pugability will, it, it has been has been has been born to so that people can see that. And we've got a few more members now that are competing all over the country mm-hmm. with pugs. Yeah. So it will be it will grow. It yeah. will definitely, definitely grow. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the clubs as well can be intimidating for people to join for the first time. You know, if you're watching a border collie that's going around at breakneck speed and you think, well, mine can't do that. Mm.
3: They
1: can after a while, but it's all about fitness. I've been doing it now for a year. My dog is extremely fit. But at the beginning, she wasn't. beginning, she was very, very overweight. Mm. And yeah. it took slow, gentle exercise to get her to where she is today. Yes. Um, and that's what PugAbility is, you know, it's there so that people can have a go. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So if someone's listening to this and they have a pug and they're, they're looking mm. at their pug and thinking, oh, well, my pug, you know, I don't think they can do that. Obviously the message is they probably can. Yes. But what's the advice then?
1: Well, have a look at our page, mm-hmm. okay, uh, our Facebook page, PugAbility. You, you, you'll see some lots of videos and different clips and and. and you know, things that, that we've, been, we've been doing since our last event. We will be creating an event for the 2nd of April, which will be in Halifax.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What I would also say to people is um, have a look on the internet for agility clubs in their area, but make sure that, that, that it's one that's suitable for total beginners. Um, there are certain quite strict rules about agility. I believe, um, somebody will probably correct me, but I'm not sure, you can't take puppers. I, I think yes. if your dog has got to be over a year old yeah, yeah. Uh, before they're capable you know, of, of competing. And even if you don't want to compete, even if it's just going on a weekly basis on a Sunday and having fun for half an hour, it's such an enjoyable sport. It's such good fun. Mm. It's great for the pugs. And there are lots and lots up and down the country. It's just a case of finding your local one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And again, the image of agility is often—you know—we've seen collies doing it and soaring over jumps Attenfuria. and things. Uh, yeah. yes, yeah. Now, obviously, the heights of jumps and things like that are adapted for smaller yes. dogs, aren't they?
1: They are, yes. They go from micro height now, which is can't really remember the exact height, but very, very small, mm. where you have Chihuahuas competing, so yeah. it's extremely small, mm. up to large, which is, is is obviously for would be for your dog would be for Labradors yeah. and yeah. the bigger breed of dogs. But you can also, under, not under kennel club rules, you can compete on an unaffiliated basis whereby you choose your height,
3: mm. Mm. Um, which
1: can be anything you want to do. We started off at our club basically we just poles on the ground yeah. you know, to get them used to sort of just running over a pole. Yeah. And then gradually, one by, a bit by bit, we'd make into a cross pole, then a little bit bigger. My dog now competes at the same height, as the other dogs in my group, which are a lot bigger than her. Yeah. With no problem at all. Aww. she um, sounds amazing. That's brilliant. Yes, she is. I'd love to send you a video, actually, if <laughs> have yes. a look at it. She. Yes, yeah. she's, um. she's quite awesome. She's on YouTube, if anyone has got a chance to have a look.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, if you go onto YouTube um, and go into Muffin Pug Rescue, all the rescue videos are on there of all the pugs that you've had into rescue. And my dog, who's called mm-hmm. Marsha Mello, can you believe? <laughs> because she looked like a big fat marshmallow when she arrived. Yeah, um, is on there, and there are videos of, of on YouTube of her competing. So, if anyone wants to have a look at that, you know, please do. Yeah, brilliant. Give us some feedback.
0: Yeah, we'll find um, that we'll put it in the links. That's
1: excellent. Yeah, but yes, we we we, we would love to to create a nation of fitter, healthier folks because. I think that's the way to go. Mm,
3: um,
1: mm. It's so distressing. You know, we had a pug into rescue last year who was, should have been seven kilos. Mm. She was 13 kilos. Oh. She actually yeah. couldn't walk. Her nails had curled into her feet oh.
3: uh,
1: because she couldn't walk. She was too fat. Yeah. And we slowly, slowly, slowly had to reduce her weight. It took nearly eight months. She's mm, mm. now down to the weight that she should be. She's an, an older dog, an elderly girl, mm. um, totally not suitable for agility because of her age. Yes. But yeah. she's probably got another year or two years on her life when her prognosis on rescue was extremely limited. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her breathing was dreadful. She literally couldn't lie down in comfort because oh, she was so fat. Yeah.
0: And it's not fair, and, is it, uh, at all?
1: You know, she came from loving owners. Oh, yes, yeah. She was never cruelly treated. There mm. was never an issue of it being kept in a shed outside or beaten or anything like that. But she was fed to death nearly. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, we equate love with, with food, don't we, in, in many ways, and, and then we yes. do that with our dogs, and it's disastrous.
1: Do that with our dogs, and, and it's the wrong thing. You know what a dog is like? I mean, they will eat and eat and eat. Yeah. yeah. There's, no, there's no switch, off switch. No. You know, just, no. They would just continue. Yeah. Um, you know, we always say, put your dog down, put your feed down for your dog. If they don't immediately eat the food up, remove it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't believe that any dog should have a constant supply of food. No. It wouldn't be like that. Um, in the wild, they'd catch the food, eat it, and that would be that. Yeah. My dogs are on a very strict diet. My dog's are actually fed three times a day, mm. but of but a very high-protein, completely fat-free and grain-free diet. Yeah. So they don't have the problems that, that others do. Yeah. I think, you know, if you look at feed these days to to what historically in the past dogs used to be fed, it's it's just changed so much yes. now. Yeah. You, you know, there's so many different sort of ready-made ease and what have you um, seeds all-inclusive foods. that a lot of people think that's the way to go for some it is i'm not debating that, it, that it's not but there are other much healthier options available mm, yeah and i say we've proved that with a lot of the obese dogs that we've had through rescue. yeah
0: yeah it, it sounds wonderful and and the, you know, the first time you have one of your events close enough to me, I'm going to come and, and see some pugs in action. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you ever so much. And the best of luck with Pugability.
1: Absolute pleasure. Lovely to speak to you, Julie.
0: If you have a pug and you want to get more active, check out the Pugability Facebook page. And to see Susanna's dog in action, watch her YouTube video, both of which we have links to on the Dogcast Radio site, as well as a link to Muffin Pug Rescue. If your pug is already enjoying an active life, we'd love to hear from you. In our next episode, we'll be hearing about Canine Arthritis Management, which I think is going to offer huge practical support to those whose dogs have arthritis. And we also talk to the Buddy Foundation of Maryland, which offers financial and emotional support to families with very poorly dogs. I can't wait. It's going to be a great episode. But until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D O G C A S T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the IDent dogcastradio. That's all one word, dogcastradio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. Who's a dog's favourite superhero? (laughs) Labrador. <laughs>